After some thorough research, I've discovered that you're on to Lord's Day 13 as you go through the Heidelberg Catechism. Actually, an email to my inbox told me that you're on to Lord's Day 13, so that was easy. And Lord's Day 13, before we read that, I just want to remind you as we get into the Scripture reading is about the names Jesus has given, only begotten Son and Lord. Now, let's turn to Exodus Exodus chapter 12 and Exodus chapter 13. (laughs) Uh, A few selections from there. Exodus 12, first of all. We'll go through the first 13 verses. This is uh, at the time that Israel is being rescued from Egypt. They're in slavery, and so you've pretty much had nine of the ten plagues in Egypt at this time. So now, Exodus 12... Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh of that night. Uh, Roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn it with fire." And thus you shall eat it, with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. When, you, when I see the blood, I shall pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Turn now to chapter 13, please. And we're reading, the first of all, the first two verses of chapter 13. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me, and consecrate, that's quite a big word. It means set apart for holy. Like it's not common, not ordinary, Consecrate it to me, all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. Now verse 11. We'll read from verses 11 to 16. And it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and your fathers and gives it to you, that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, That is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the males shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. 
And all the firstborn of men among your sons you shall redeem. So it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, What is this? That you shall say to him, By strength of hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore I will sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. And it shall be as a sign on your hand and as frontlets between your eyes, for by strength of hand the Lord brought us up out of Egypt. That's the reading of the scriptures. Now let's turn to a confessional reading. We're reading from the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 13. So the book of praise, page 528. Why is he, why is Jesus called God's only begotten son since we also are children of God? Because Christ alone is the eternal, natural son of God, we, however, are children of God by adoption through grace for Christ's sake. Why do you call him our Lord? Because he has ransomed us body and soul from all our sins, not with silver or gold, but with his precious blood, and has freed us from all the power of the devil to make us his own possession. That's our confessional reading for this afternoon. Congregation, after the sermon, we're going to be singing what we should do for those who have been redeemed by the Lord. How should we respond? And it's Psalm 116, verses 7, 8, 9, and 10. Congregation loved by our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure many of you have pets. Many of you would love to have pets. And you name your pets. Some of you have a few farm animals, I notice. Some of you have your little hobby farm. Some are fallout farmers. And I heard that there's actually a family with sheep. I wonder, I, I didn't do my research. Find out if there's a sheep named Lord. Think anybody's ever named a sheep? Sir. Or anybody named a sheep like a little lamb? Master. Never heard of that. Let me know if you have. Somebody naming a sheep like a baby one. Lord. That's, that's pretty unusual. This afternoon we think of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's uh, in John chapter 1. And you have these two things together. The name Lord and the Lamb of God. How do those names fit together anyway? And this name Lord, it has a lot of history. A name for someone who has bought you out of trouble. Someone who's bought you out of death, out of slavery. You know if somebody's kidnapped... They put up a price, they hide somebody 
uh, if you're stolen, they hide you away, and then they put up a price and they ask you to pay, like a million dollars, and you can have, you can get back, and you can be free. That's a ransom. Another word for that is to be redeemed. If you're caught, you're stuck, you have a price, and you can be freed. Israel was in Egypt. They were slaves. There was no way out. And we're going to learn this afternoon that God has the name Lord and Jesus has the name Lord because He is the one who sets us free. He set His people free in the past. Lord's Day 13 shows us the names of Jesus, only begotten Son of God and Lord. And that name Lord means... He's ransomed us, body and soul, from all our sins, not with silver or gold, but with His precious blood, and has freed us from all the power of the devil to make us His own possession. There's a quote right from 1 Peter 1. He has ransomed us. The message I'm bringing you this afternoon is, He who ransomed you is Lord. The one who ransomed you is Lord. Let's think about what that means, because we might say it quite easily. What's it mean? Does it make a difference in your life? Well, we're looking at the Old Testament. Getting a reminder of being redeemed and what it sounded like and how you could picture it. It was so tangible, so practical back then. You get a reminder, being ransomed, it happened frequently. Being redeemed happened more often. Although you don't have it named and described too many times, but I'll just give you the example. Remember the book of Ruth? The story of Ruth, how she was redeemed by Boaz. And being redeemed was such a relief. I mean, she was redeemed from everything going wrong in her life. Her family dying off, and she was helpless, she was childless, she was a widow with no backup plan. And she was redeemed. Also, she was a stranger in a foreign land. In Israel, coming from Moab, she was given. When she was redeemed, Boaz stepped in as Lord. Now, you don't have to capitalize Lord when you talk about Boaz, but in the original language, that's like saying Master and Sir, Lord. And Boaz steps in and he is Master He is the boss, but not oppressively, but liberating, joyful for for everyone involved there. But I say being ransomed happened all the time in the Old Testament. I'll only give you one example in Ruth, but Exodus 13 has reminded us it shall be as a mark on your hand or frontlets between your eyes. A lot like the glasses that some of us put on. It's going to be part of an everyday thing. It's so normal for you. You will not think of it as unusual when you redeem and when you ransom. It's going to be common. And Exodus 13, right? It's given us a glimpse of how being redeemed was embedded in their everyday life. Not an empty tradition, not a meaningless routine. Do you ever get used to killing a lamb? To explain this, why Jesus is called Lord, why He is called our Master, why why we shouldn't 
go in or out, do our everyday business, buying and selling, why you shouldn't even pull out your phone, type or text, uh, eat or drink. You should do nothing without thinking this. My Lord has redeemed me. Is this how I should live? How should I live as someone who's been redeemed by the Lord? All that I have is His. All that I am is His. So, think about the Exodus and how the Lord really made it clear to His people in history. Israel coming out of Egypt. And you think, what did it cost for Israel to come out of Egypt? Is it free? It was expensive for Israel to be redeemed from Egypt. Let's think about it. What, what did God use? For days in a row, He sent ten plagues. I'll just name a few. Like you think of blood in the water, you heaps of frogs, the lice, the flies, the pestilence, boils, hail, locusts, darkness... And firstborn children. It was the most expensive, most destructive, awful ransom price. There was absolute destruction, absolute humiliation. Egypt was gutted for God's people to go free. And Egypt opened their wallets, they opened their safes, here have all the gold and all the silver, everything we've got, go. You think Israel is going to forget what it cost? The Lord says, I bet you will forget what it cost. I want you to do this feast every year. So you will not forget what it cost to set you free. The Egyptians lost everything. And what was most dear to them? The firstborn sons. That's quite the price. And it wasn't silver or gold. Come on, that's cheap compared to firstborn sons. But in the end, Egypt was powerless and wasted, down on its knees in absolute grief. Anything we've got, the Egyptians were thinking. You can have the gold and silver and jewelry here. Take it. Who redeemed Israel from Egypt? God redeemed Israel from Egypt. You know the answer, right? What did it cost? Everything. Even all the firstborn sons in Egypt. All those boys, maybe... Maybe even the grown-up firstborn sons, because you remain firstborn your whole life long. And now, for the lesson this afternoon, I want you to think about these two things side by side. You think of Jesus as the only begotten Son of God, and its connection with firstborn Son, next to the name Lord. This is a reminder. This is the price to set you free. The horrible plagues of the death of the firstborn sons of Egypt, that price tag, it points to the death of the only begotten Son of God. That's what it takes to set all people free, all of God's children. Free from the slavery to sin, free from the death and dying that we were born into. 
So let's go back, look at Exodus for a minute, that price tag. That price tag was put once a year on every doorpost. Every year at the great Passover feast. And it was like a remembrance day. We will not forget. We will not forget what it cost for me to be alive today. And it's more, it cost more than silver and gold. The firstborn of that land of Egypt had to die for me to live. For me to live in the promised land. Once a year, you got that price tag reminder. But that's barely nothing compared to what comes next. We read Exodus 13 after Exodus 12. Exodus 13 begins with, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. That's what God said. Firstborn. It is mine. And the Lord God says, I want you to keep the price tag. How often do you actually keep the price tag of something unless you're going to return it, right? You, most often the price tag, you rip it and throw it off into the garbage can. Well, Jesus Christ, the Lord is saying, keep the price tag of your ransom right in front of you at all times. Never look at a firstborn son the same way again. Whatever comes into this world, whatever opens the way, because that's what a firstborn is. You sometimes, we're, we're out of touch with the culture back then, but the firstborn is the first sign of hope, the first sign of the next generation, the first sign of the future, that you do have a future, and it might possibly be in the Lord Jesus Christ. You will not forget the firstborn one who opens the way. And I want you to think about opening the way, how often God showed graphically and painfully that the way was closed. I mean, you think about the families that had to go through that, those reminders that the way is closed, that by nature, this is how it's closed. Ask Sarah, where is your firstborn son? Oh, you're 99 years old? Ask Rebecca or Rachel or Leah. You go through the whole genealogy and you find Hannah. You find how many, and the word is, they were barren. Impossibly helpless to have a firstborn. And what breaks through, that is the firstborn. What breaks through from death into life what breaks through. That one is consecrated. This one should have the name Lord all over it. This one is special to me, God says. So set apart. Let it stand out what the price tag is for you to be free. Let it be as frontlets between your eyes. This one, the one that emerges from the womb first, the, and the one that emerges from the tomb first. That's the one to be set apart. The one that emerges from death to life, from death to resurrection. This one shall be consecrated. Remember that price tag. It's what freedom costs.
Now let's explain Exodus 13 to the children because that's what it's saying there. When your children ask you, Exodus 13 says, your children are going to ask you, is it cheap and easy to be redeemed? Was it cheap and easy? Did God just wave His hand and you came up out of Egypt? And you're supposed to tell your children, no. It was by a strong hand that the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. A strong, a heavy, awesome hand that weighed down upon so many. That's the price tag God shows us. The mighty hand upon His firstborn son. His hand that pressed down on Him. I'm not going to let you forget that. It's not just a a once-in-the-year feast, right? You notice that by the time we're in Exodus 13. And that's why the children are going to be asking this. They're going to remember, like, didn't we just do this yesterday? Exodus 13. You've got animals giving birth. Anybody with a farm? Donkeys, sheep, oxen, camels. They're all named here. And that firstborn, that newborn baby, the little animal. It belongs to you, it's God's. Whether it's a good, clean animal or if it's an unclean animal, it's God's. And then in Exodus 13, you go and you shift toward the fine print. What if it's an unclean animal? Does that even go to God? What about a donkey? We know that. They're unclean. How about the firstborn in a litter of dogs, your new puppy. How about pigs? The only way to redeem it was to substitute it, find a ransom, redeem it, get another price tag to replace the, right, the price tag. Never forget what it cost you to give you life. And what about firstborn people? People are different than animals. And God doesn't, surely He doesn't want us to offer up our children. Isn't that the worst of sins in the Bible? Offering up your children to Molech? And this chapter 13, Exodus, is amazing. Because we're told, your firstborn belongs to me too. And he must be consecrated. He must be set apart And I never want you to forget the price tag. What it costs to be ransomed. So this is how it works. You can, wait, you must ransom your firstborn. A little bit of a backstory maybe on the judge Jephthah. And you think about the vow he made and his daughter that he must offer her as a burnt offering. You must find a substitute. You must substitute for your firstborn child. Why? Are you going to forget the price tag? It's got to be like a mark on your hand. Isn't that like one of those fingerprint readers nowadays? You use that for every purchase? Isn't that a retinal eye scan, the mark between your eyes? Every moment, every purchase, every decision that you make, every move, every handshake, how can you forget 
what it costs you. And who is your master? Who is Lord? It's a strange question I asked at the beginning. Would you find the Lamb ever with the name Lord? And the answer is absolutely never in the Old Testament. Every lamb died. That's why. And I sometimes wonder, I imagine these things, that if, if somebody uh, back then would have talked to the lamb that was about to die, they would probably you know, be leading it along. Maybe a father uh, taking his children to the temple and they'd be bringing the lamb to be sacrificed. And maybe one of the children would be saying to the lamb and they'd, they'd remember the lamb's name. Little buddy. Sorry, sorry, it's my fault. It was my sin. It was my slavery. It was, I, I'm the one who deserved to die. Thanks, thanks for being here for me. Now they, I, I don't know if they talked to lambs, to sheep back then. But the lamb was not the price. It was the price tag. The lamb was just the label. It was the barcode. What it truly would cost to set you free. And this was the message You need the blood of the Lamb on you. Smeared on the doorpost of your house. You need it on your hand. You need the blood of the Lamb sprinkled on you, on your forehead. You need to be sealed by Him. Sealed by the Holy Spirit. Revelation 7 makes that connection. The Lamb of God, He is your Lord. Is this showing up in your life? That there is a living lamb? Is it showing up not just on the doorpost as you come in or out of your house? But is the truth, He is Lord, showing up when you get up and sit down, when you go in and go out? Because this is the encouragement. He is Lord. And it's a message for all of your life like a mark on your right hand. You see, everything's changed. That Christ is Lord. That the Lamb of God is your Lord. Because this is the Lamb of God you speak to. The Old Testament? I don't think so. They didn't talk to the Lamb before He died. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, this is the one you thank. He's come from the grave, from the tomb. And you thank Him and you praise Him. You died, He he died for you under the mighty hand of God the Father. And you exalt the one who has emerged from death into life. He is Lord. And all that you have and all that you are is His. That's the message. I mean, this afternoon, it's real simple. Jesus is Lord. But is it really that simple? How are you going to put it into practice this week? Jesus is Lord. We, we say His name so easily, but now we picture a lamb that gave His life for you and then got up again 
alive. And He lives for you so that you put away sin. That you turn to Him in hope. I want to summarize the message this afternoon to help you remember it. I'm going to close with the message of Revelation chapter 5. Maybe you remember these words that the hosts of heaven were saying about the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. They sang a new song there. The hosts of heaven. Revelation 5. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. Worthy are you, O Lord God, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. That's what the angels are saying. And that's what the 24 elders are saying. That's what four living creatures are saying. Worthy are you, the Lamb of God, for you were slain, and by your blood you you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom. You made them priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. You hear this, right? And I hope you don't miss it. That right now, the Lord has ransomed you. And people from all over. But He has this purpose. Why has He ransomed you? To make you a kingdom. To make you priests to our God. That you would reign upon the earth. Your Lamb lives. Jesus is Lord. He has ransomed you, body and soul, from all your sins. Not with silver or gold, but with His precious blood. That's what Lord means. And He has freed us, and He is freeing us from all the power of the devil. Didn't we hear that this morning? This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Not just the guilt of the sin, but the power of the evil one. To make us, to make you, His own possession. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is Lord. Amen.